When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are recording, I think, with the one and only Miss Claire Lopez. And I'm going to have you introduce yourself while I unplug and plug in the microphone again. So, Miss Lopez, please introduce yourself for all the new listeners. Well, hi, everybody. Uh, Tommy, great to be with you again, as always. Uh, I am Claire Lopez, founder and president of Lopez Liberty LLC. And you're... Uh, occasional commentator on all things national security, domestic, and foreign. Perfect timing. Um, so yesterday, I always I'll put your Twitter and the links to all of your writings and websites in the description. I highly recommend checking it out. Yesterday, I had on uh, Gordon Chang and Joe Kent together, and um, I want to hear your thoughts on this because we've kind of done Ukraine nonstop. So to shift to, to China, which I guess is our other go-to, um the seeming uh not seeming it is a complete freezing of their supply chains their ports all that good stuff on one hand is it just draconian covid measures is it meant to bring the u.s to its knees because of their manufacturing because as we know they war they wage a different type of warfare as opposed to militarily for now it's economic Uh, i asked mr chang yesterday and he said he thinks it's an organic collapsing whereas in my admittedly inexperienced opinion i think it seems to be more of a coordinated and intentional freezing but he thinks it's organic either way it's it's a freezing up so on that value doesn't really matter but what are your thoughts on that well you know this uh past week about a week ago um i was at the rock the red usa conference held in um Greensburg, South Carolina. And um, although Gordon Chang could not be there in person, uh, he did send, uh, he, he came to us live uh, uh, over a Zoom call and uh, spoke to the group for, uh, I don't know, a good half an hour or maybe more. And um, he touched on some of these themes um, because obviously um, what's, what's going on in China and, and the shutdown of the ports, in particular Shanghai, um, affects the entire world, uh, and especially big importers of Chinese goods like the United States. So a couple of points that I remember him making, and, and I, I have to agree. Um, n- number one, China is an, has uh, an export economy. Um, you would think with 1.4 or whatever the billion is of population, that it would have more of a domestic consumer economy, but it doesn't. The United States does, um, although we are also a big exporter as well. Um, but, but China depends, like Russia, by the way, um, in, in really large measure on exports to keep its economy afloat. So uh, when it shuts down exports, as it's doing now, uh, in particular through Shanghai, the great big East Coast, you know, export hub, 
uh, to much of the world, including the United States, when it shuts that down, you have to ask what is going on. And I, I do think um, I, I would tend to listen uh, always, of course, to Gordon Chang. Um, a few things are going on. Um, yes, uh, there, there is still the SARS-CoV-2, but, but that's not a reason to be shutting down anymore. You know, that, that was um, a Chinese Communist Party uh, mechanism to get the West and the United States to shut ourselves down, to wreck our economies. Um, it was not necessarily about wrecking their economy, but that's what's happening now. Yes, a lot of their factories shut down, a lot of their production lines shut down, exports shut down. Um, but a lot of that was actually geared toward getting us to shut ourselves down by way of example. Uh, a few things going on in Shanghai, though. So um, the audience may know that um, the current CCP party leader, Xi Jinping, um, is standing for a third term election come November of this year, 2022. He's already served two five-year terms each, and now he wants a third, which is not illegal or against the law or anything in China, but it is, um, it's, it's irregular, it's, it's, it's unprecedented, um, but, but he, uh, he wants that third term. And in November, the Chinese Communist Party is going to vote. Uh, on whether he gets that third term or not. Um, now, from the outside world, it's, it's sometimes kind of hard to see what's going on internally in China, especially internally inside the Chinese Communist Party. But what is going on is that Xi Jinping is not unopposed. It's not like he can just skate to his third term. He has serious blocks of opposition, uh, even within the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, for example, from the followers of a previous uh, party leader, um, Zhang Zemin. And the geographical hub or center of support for Zhang Zemin is Shanghai. And so shutting down that city and devastating its people, its, its population, its, its economy, um, certainly a double-edged sword. Yeah, but it, it, it strikes a blow at Jiang Zemin and his, his followers. There are other blocks of opposition um, to Xi Jinping within the Chinese Communist Party and without, uh, and he's got to be mindful of, the, of all of that. Um, so all of these things, I think, play in to, to what we see going on you know, in, in, inside China. Um, and, you know, if, if this is going to continue all the way to November, probably not. Um, but what Gordon Chang uh, suggested in his video to us at the conference at Rock the Red was that the United States and really the West in general, um, I don't mean just geographic West, but, you know, uh, the free world, let's say. Um, but United States in particular, we must, he thinks, decouple or disengage from China. And he means that in a really sweeping way. He means stop imports from China. Certainly um, stop imports of anything with a national security um, you know, importance to it. Like let's say pharmaceuticals, our drug products, 
I don't mean fentanyl. That should be stopped too. But I meant, you know, the ordinary medicines that everybody uh, in, in, in the United States depends on for heart, you know, uh, situations, for uh, diabetes ma management and so forth, all of those pharmaceuticals, a great deal of which, huge percentage of which are made in China. Stop all of that. Anything with a national security uh, connection, stop it. Gordon Chang really means to go further than that, to so decouple from China that we don't import much of anything anymore from China is, is his recommendation. I mean, number one, that brings production and industry manufacturing of a host of products back to the United States at the same time, boosting our uh, ability to be self-dependent, self-reliant in national security related uh, imports. Uh, but it also would take away uh, China's largest um, GDP contribution and that is exports. So um, I, I, maybe he covered uh, some of these topics in his talk with you, uh, Tommy, yesterday. Um, but these are some of the things that he talked about, uh, uh, you know, at our conference over the uh, the Zoom video. But I, I would, I would tend to listen to Gordon Chang. Yeah, he uh, <clears throat> he brought that up yesterday, talking about um, not just bringing it back to the United States, but also bringing it back to the Americas, including mm -hmm, South America. Mm -hmm. Bring back. I mean, it's a win-win. You can still have the, I mean, just call it what it is. You can still have the cheap outsourced labor, but I'd rather have you strengthen South American countries. Um, one, at the expense of China. Mm -hmm. Two, it's geographically closer to us for national security issues. But three, I mean, bring jobs to South America. Maybe that will put a dent in the cartels. And that's kind of, that was uh, Gordon's hypothesis, yet, or I guess proposition yesterday was bring back in... Uh, a desirable lifestyle or the opportunity for that. And maybe we'll see less of, because what he said is he said the, all the crime we're seeing coming across the Southern border. He said it's a very low percentage of Mexicans. He right. said, it's all of South America. Mm -hmm. Bring back, it's, it's a win-win strengthen the, 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 I guess the level of life there and take it away from China. And that's, that's what I like about, yeah, his is completely decoupled, not in a, let's boycott. It's no, let's, Let's chop off all funding and also to seize Chinese assets in the United States, primarily farmland. That was, and that's something uh, Mr. Kent agreed with. Um, but the reasons against that is, as Joe Kent said, and as Gordon said, it seems that what a lot of, or a lot of people like to, or mistakenly call incompetence or stupidity, I think is malicious complicity with some of the elites of our uh, our country in being in cahoots with China. That doesn't doesn't rule out, but it doesn't necessarily mean full-on, you know, Benedict Arnold Manchurian candidate, although I'm sure there probably is some of that as we have some over there, but more so pro-Beijing views, pro-globalism pro views at the expense of the whole citizens of the world thing at the expense of the United States. Um, what are your thoughts on that? What actual... Is there any precedent for, because we can't just buy up farmland in mainland China, but they're doing it at insane levels here. Do you, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, a, a few things. Um, I think that uh, the organization we call CFIUS, C-F-I-U-S, uh, the Committee for Investment in the United States, um, which is a kind of a pickup team of whatever U.S. 
cabinet departments uh, are relevant uh, when uh, a foreign purchase or lease in the United States is under consideration. So, um, you know, that could mean anything from uh, investment in companies to investment in infrastructure like the Gulf Tainer, uh, Port Canaveral, Florida, uh, lease arrangement that never did go through CFIUS, by the way, but ought to have, or even uh, prime farmland. Now, here, here's an aspect I don't know if um, either of them, Joe Kent or Gordon Chang, might have mentioned, but um, currently, meteorolo uh, meteorologically, um, we're in a we're in a period of a uh, a solar minimum. Uh, our weather on Earth, most of it comes from the sun, and in large part, that's driven by the presence or the lack of presence of sunspots. Sunspots uh, send off uh, cosmic rays. And most of the time, uh, those cosmic rays go in all kinds of different directions and little teeny tiny earth by comparison to the sun, um, you know, may escape them. But um, sometimes those cosmic rays hit the earth, bounce off our magnetosphere sometimes, and that's where we get the aurora borealis or the northern lights. But sometimes uh, they hit so hard uh, that, they, that they break through even. Now we're not talking here about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse effect, but rather um, what those cosmic rays do to our weather, to the cloud cover um, around the earth. Clouds covering uh, land on earth tends to make temperatures underneath cooler. And lack of cloud cover does the opposite and tends to let the sun shine through and the temperatures naturally would become warmer. Well, when there are more sunspots and more cosmic rays, um, they, they tend to break up the cloud cover and we have warmer weather. But in times like now and looking forward, uh, periods of few sunspots, I mean few, like one or two visible on the surface of the sun, um, we don't have so many cosmic rays and the cloud cover tends to um, remain, accumulate or, or become more dense. And that makes weather underneath cooler. And that affects growing seasons, that affects agriculture. And if indeed that solar minimum period is going to um, stay around for a while, uh, in particular, that will affect northern latitudes um, where a lot of grains are grown on earth, grain crops like wheat, like corn, like, like uh, barley and some other things. And it means that uh, those areas may be uh, less able to produce bumper crops. This is a long way of saying that uh, agriculture might be shifting southward. And so uh, land in further southern latitudes becomes more valuable and looking ahead more needed for the growing of grains that might otherwise have been grown further to the north. Okay, so China knows this and China already uh, does not have 
a great agricultural base in the country. You'd think so with all of its rivers and uh, expansive land, but, but um, a lot of China is not uh, really prime agricultural land. Um, and so perhaps, just perhaps, uh, speculating here, some of the motivation for China's purchase of agricultural lands in more southern latitudes, like the United States, but elsewhere too, South America, uh, other places, might just possibly could have to do with this whole scenario. I'm not sure, I'm not a meteorologist, but this may have something to do with it. And we should be looking at that kind of purchase of prime farmland by the Chinese Communist Party um, with a skeptical eye and, and with, with, with an understanding uh, of what weather patterns might, maybe might just portend. Make sense? It does. Now, <clears throat> just kind of on that note with farmland, with sending $40 billion in aid to Ukraine, with voting, Republicans voted against a veteran, um, what was it, uh, a care package yesterday or the day before with the baby formula shortage. How much of this is incompetence and how much is this malicious? Because it, it, you can't help but start scratch. I mean, shutting down oil leases, gas leases. I mean, at a certain point, you have to, at the risk of donning your tinfoil hat, you have to start looking at this and saying, this seems like an intentional demolition of, of U.S. independence, of, of food supply, of energy independence. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, certainly in the en energy sector, um, you know, the Biden administration, the, the, the officials in that administration um, are absolutely committed, and we know that because they've told us so repeatedly, out loud, um, committed to the destruction of the fossil fuel uh, energy base of this country. They want windmills in every backyard, solar panels on every roof, and uh, oil, gas, and coal uh, to remain in the ground. That is their open declaration of intent. And so by this just yesterday, or what was it, day before, Biden administration cancellation of, of those new uh, leases on federal lands for drilling for oil up in Alaska, that's part of this pattern. It is deliberate. They want oil uh, and gas or gasoline uh, prices, uh, home heating oil prices to go through the roof. They want that to happen. They don't care about the American people. That's the least of their concerns. They're greenies. They want a fossil fuel industry to go the way of the dinosaurs for lack of a better uh, <laughs> yeah, metaphor. Um, so that, that is for certain. Um, of course, the problem uh, is that not only does the United States have enough oil and gas and coal reserves to last us, uh, something like 500 years at current consumption, plus enough left over for export, as President Donald Trump showed us that we would be able to do, be energy independent and be able to help out our friends and allies, for example, in Europe, now having to wean themselves off of Russian oil and gas with about six months to go before cold weather sets in once again, showed us that that's possible 
That's exactly what the Biden administration does not want to happen. So for the oil and gas sector, absolutely that's, that's deliberate. And they could care less what happens to the United States of America and, and, and we the people. I just filled up my small, I have a small uh, SUV, the smallest one of the line in that particular series, a Nissan. And it was only down to a quarter. So I filled up three quarters, 60 bucks, $60 for three quarters of a tank of a smallish SUV. They don't care. They I, absolutely don't care. I, I methodically, I methodically purchased the same groceries just during the, during the week. I just purchased like chicken and broccoli. It's because it's because I'm a fat ass. And I've found that if I don't keep any snacks in my house, if I just keep broccoli and chicken, oh. I won't. Well, no, it's, it's great. You find out how no, many times. Not. Well, no, this is the point is it's so gross that when you just find yourself going and standing in front of the fridge, you you're confronted with, am I really hungry? Or do I just want something that tastes good and feels good? And more often than not, you'll find you'll start losing weight because you're like, do I really want a snack? No, I don't want broccoli. The point is, is so just because it's it's the same thing, I I just noticed the price instinctively or and well, yeah, yeah. All of last year, I mean the the thing of chicken would be I think it was seven seven dollars and seventy two cents for a big thing of chicken and then the thing of broccoli would always be like a dollar ninety six, and um, around Christmas time, the the broccoli went up to like two fifty, I think, not much, and the chicken went up to like eight fifty. But now is the last purchasing, and today's Saturday, May fourteenth, twenty twenty two. The chicken is now over ten seventy, and the broccoli is up to four. Wow. That's 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 two hundred percent on the broccoli, and that's one hundred and fifty percent, or excuse me, fifty percent mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. on the chicken. It's, yeah, so much for telling us that inflation is at transitory point three yeah. annual percentage rate or something. No, it's not. It's way more than that. What do you think it actually is? It double, or do you think it's like a hundred? I mean, obviously, if you go category by category, like you're talking about, you know, grocery food prices. Um, you, you, you just told us about a a hundred percent, um, you know, price increase. You look at gasoline, like I did today. And, um, yeah, for me that, that purchase today was about a hundred percent more than a couple of years ago. I could fill my tank a couple of years ago, same car, um, for around 30, $32. So that is around a hundred percent increase in a couple of years. So it depends on, on what you're looking at. Other things, you know, might be more or less clothing. I don't know, to pick an example, might, might be a, a lower rate uh, yeah. percentage of increase. Yeah. Um, but you know, what do people need most for themselves, their families um, and getting around it's food and it's fuel or yeah. for heating homes uh, come the colder weather once again. Yeah. So it depends on what you're looking at. And they do play games, I think, with the numbers Absolutely. when they're talking about inflation, and they'll they'll drop out certain categories uh, of consumption uh, to come up with a number that you know sounds maybe not quite so horribly bad. Yeah, 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 it, yeah. I think it's I think it's a lot higher. So with the end with you know the baby formula shortage, except mm. that we're at the southern border where there are warehouses full for for incoming illegal immigrants. 
what do you think we're going to see with the midterms this year? Because it all so the reason comes to well, you know, elections have consequences. Well, I still fully believe as as of Saturday, May fourteenth, twenty twenty two, that the twenty twenty election was a fraud that it was stolen. With the recent elections in which it seems there are Republican candidates winning, is does that is that a good sign for not not because that's but the way you and I both lean politically, so obviously we're going to agree with it, but that maybe there is some sort of fair election or are we going to have to wait until 2024 to see if this thing really sticks? And are there simultaneous developments with Elon and Twitter, although he put it on hold with true social, I think still the number one da- most downloaded app in the app store and with Dinesh D'Souza's uh, 2000 mules. Yeah. Are well, we going to so, have a free election? Free so elections, election? elections first. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, once again at the uh, the conference of Rock the Red USA. By the way, you can go uh, to their website, RockTheRedUSA.com, and I haven't been there today, but but either soon, uh, either already or soon, um, the speakers and the presentation should be up at the website. So uh, have a look at that uh, if you'd like, RockTheRedUSA.com, uh, including my own uh, talk, which was about freedom versus tyranny. But uh, talking about elections, um, on uh, one of the nights this past uh, a week ago weekend, um, we got to watch uh, Dinesh D'Souza's new movie, 2000 Mules. They, they screened it at the conference. And boy, oh boy, it is riveting. Um, it is jaw dropping. I know there's a lot of information yet to be produced through the vote. Catherine Engelbrecht is, is a co-producer. Um, and Dinesh D'Souza have said that there is a lot more coming. They're talking about pulling the ripcord on the rest of the data, for example. Um, with, what are these uh, NGOs, these places, or these stash houses, as they call them, where the mules went to pick up their loads? I mean, literally loads of backpacks and, and, and duffel bags full of ballots. Uh, we need those names. We need the places um, uh, the locations, the names of those NGOs, and, and hopefully that'll be forthcoming. But take that, everything that, that is shown in the movie, which is hour upon hour, I mean condensed, but of, of video footage of mules um, visiting uh, ballot drop boxes, always in the middle of the night, um, meaning after dark, and not just, you know, some... Um, a dutiful son uh, helping out his elderly parents by taking their two and his third ballot to putting them in the box. No, they're stuffing, you can see them on the film, stuffing dozens and dozens and dozens of ballots into a box and then going on in a single night to maybe even as many as 15, 20 or more Jeez. other drop boxes in a single night to, to, to dump more piles and piles and piles of ballots. So um, where I'm going with that is that, uh, you know, evidence like that, uh, so much credit to Dinesh D'Souza and, and um, Catherine Engelbrecht through the vote. Through the vote. Um, but evidence like that, plus everything else that the American people have learned uh, in, in the year and a half since the November 2020 elections. Um, for example, at the different legislative hearings, held in battleground states like Arizona, like Pennsylvania. Also at the conference, I should add, Rock the Red USA, uh, we heard from Mark Fincham, 
who is currently a member of the Arizona State House of Representatives, currently running for Secretary of State in the state of Arizona. We also heard from Jovan Pulitzer, brilliant, um, just 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 brilliant uh, intellectual, and and uh, uh, he he gave testimony at the different um, hearings. Arizona was one. I think Pennsylvania was another, maybe more. Uh, he's the inventor, by the way, of that, you know, barcode scan thing okay. um, on products. He invented that. Oh, uh, but he, but he's also been very um, much involved in election integrity uh, issues and looking at things like uh, determining if a ballot uh, is actually legal by the paper, the actual paper itself, the creases in the paper or lack of creases for a mailed in ballot, for example, uh, the ink used on that ballot, things like that is what he gave testimony on in the various uh, legislatures. Well, he also spoke uh, at the conference. So all of this evidence that is that is piled up since November of 2020 uh, to show the massive cheating and fraud that went on. And, you know, in different ways, it, it's not just one way. It's not just ballot harvesting or just ballot stuffing of ballot boxes. Uh, it's it's so many different things, but that's all come to light and there's more coming. And so I think the American people um, are far more aware right now, here we are in May of 2022, than they ever were, you know, 18 months ago or more. So um, that has given rise, that new awareness has given rise to, um, you know, ordinary people signing up to be poll watchers, to be election officials, um, you know, to, to make sure that these things never happen again, um, to, uh, you know, flood their state legislators, legislatures um, with their concerns, with the result that, for example, in the state of Missouri, just, um, I don't know, a few days ago during this past week or so, uh, these states, and it's not just Missouri, but, but other states too, passing uh, new bills into law, um, that ban things like ballot harvesting, uh, ban the use even of ballot drop boxes, um, uh, you know, uh, co codify into law, uh, single day voting, paper ballots, things like this. These kinds of changes are taking place all across the country, not just at the state level, but on down county level, district level, precinct level. And I, I do think that's going to make a big difference in, in this year's November 22, uh, November 2022 midterm elections uh, for Congress. And that, at, at least, I think uh, there will be a red wave. Uh, and that at least will help to put a break on some of the, the more damaging uh, policies that, that the Biden administration is, is trying to ram through uh, their window for ramming. Um, is rapidly closing, I think. And then, yes, we'll have to wait to 2024 for the presidential elections. But I think a lot can be and will be done uh, between now and, and November and then between the midterm elections and 2024 elections. Yeah, it seems that, that that's a driver is the knowing window of time they have. Mm -hmm. And you're just getting as much, you're, you're robbing the store before the cops arrive. Like, um, but are we ever going to see any justice come of 2020 or I'm starting to think it's, 
just be obviously i think there should be but i'm starting to think it's probably gonna be something just realistically not that i want it but realistically it's probably gonna be something more along the lines of all those holes are going to be blocked up Mm -hmm. and it won't be able to happen again and it will always you can't undo maybe you can't undo 9-11 you can create the tsa for all of its flaws you can you know you know you can put doors on all the cockpits like but you can't undo it but you can make it airtight do you think it's probably going to be something like that where you know i i do think so although you know when you when you watch a movie like 2000 mules and you know everybody if you have the possibility to watch it i know it's been taken down from some platforms but it remains up at others and uh tommy maybe you can you can put out some of those places where it's still available to watch or to uh buy a dvd itself um you, you can still do that recommend doing that um so there seems to be especially if and when you know the evidence about the stash houses um the ngo uh drop off places where where the ballots were were accumulated before the mules picked them up and put them in their bags um i mean that certainly seems uh you know that there should be indictment and trials yeah i don't know if that'll ever happen uh, justice would demand that it should happen. Can't be sure that it will. Um, but at the minimum, uh, like you say, the holes are being plugged and um, you know measures are being passed into law uh, that would help to prevent another you know massive you know instance of corruption and fraud. Yeah, there is something good about what happened in 2020 and it's once you play that hand, you can't play it again. Again, you can do terrorist attacks. You can't do 9-11 again. Like you can't. Yeah. The exact can't, same thing. Yeah. Won't happen you again. can still do terror, but I mean, that mode, when you play that hand, that one's over. Mm-hmm. You can't sneak the box cutter. You can't get into the cockpit. That one's over. Um, and so I do think that is like a silver lining is was when you do that, that's blocked up. But in regardless of like the type of fraud, I think the fact that there was fraud you're going to have people so glued to watching their local polls. Um, And I mean, and with the kind of more open platforms like truth social and hopefully Twitter, you're, you, you you don't have that Orwellian hand. Cause remember like right after the 2020 election, or I think it was like right after Biden was inaugurated, that New York times article came out and it was like the massive secret campaign to fortify the 2020 election. And it was like, yes, I don't know if you've ever read that, but it was like all of Silicon Valley and the big newspapers were in on fortifying the election. It was like, they're laughing in your face. They're telling you, yes, there was a coordinated, uh, you know, you could see it on Twitter. You could see it on YouTube. AP hasn't called the election yet, but today's safe Harbor day, blah, 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 blah. They came out and they're, they're putting it in your face. Yeah. Again, the, the silver lining is, is that you can't, you can't do the same attack twice. So who yeah. knows there might, they might try to push for, you know, an escalation of war in Ukraine. They might want to go. I had on General Flynn's brother a week mm. or two ago, and he said General Flynn's fear is that they're going to do, I mean, something big, like a, like a black swan event, something like COVID. To just right to be worried. Yeah. Because you can't. Well, it's the other thing. It's not only can you not do the same attack. If you if you ha- if you did the attack and it is what it is, I mean, that's treason. You can't. 
you you've crossed the Rubicon. You can't go back. Mm-hmm. You can't let the opposing party come into power. You can't. I mean, you can't. You, your back is against the wall now. The gun's against your head. You have to go for it. You ha- as Curtis LeMay said, man, I really hope we, you know, I hope we win this war because if we don't, I'm going to be tried for war crimes. He was the head of Strategic Air Command, the firebombings of Tokyo. Because like, we have to win this thing or mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to be hung. You, you kind of have to do that. And as Gordon Chang points out with China, I think that's kind of my concern with the Biden. And who knows, maybe it's just my own delusion. I don't know. But that's my concern is like, hey, they might see their back against the wall and lash out. So I I have no idea. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too. Yeah, old. no, no, no. General Flynn or, or his brother. Absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. Have valid concerns. Um, of course, we're hopefully uh, on the alert for such. Um, and uh, you did ask before about um, you talked about social media and Twitter and Elon mm-hmm. Musk and everything. Um, I, th- I think that that uh, sale, uh, that that purchase of um, uh, acquisition of, of Twitter by Elon Musk eventually will go through. Yes, it's on pause right now because he realizes he Elon Musk realizes that the valuation of the company of Twitter is in part based on uh, numbers of, uh, you know, people on the platform. And if X number or percentage of those are bots, and of course they are, um, then, uh, you know, that rightfully ought to affect the the price of the of, of the acquisition. So he's right to be looking at that. Um, I, I expect they'll sort that out in one way or another. And, uh, and he will acquire um, the company. Um, I guess a bunch of senior officials, um, you know, at uh, at Twitter, uh, must think so too because they're bailing. Yeah. You know, rats jumping. Uh, it's not a sinking ship, but they're jumping ship in any case because there's going to be a new captain on board, um, and uh, that may take a little bit of time. But I think that's what's going to happen. And hopefully, you know, at least based on on, on statements Elon Musk has made previously uh, on social media and elsewhere, uh, he intends to turn it into a genuine free speech platform yeah and nothing will be funnier if he reinstates donald, donald trump. trump although although uh, the president has said that that he will not go back to twitter and yeah, i, I guess believe, that makes sense that. now with the you know with the new his new platform at truth social um, where he's already begun i don't believe that for a second i don't he won't that. go back to twitter i don't believe that you think all. he'll do both oh yeah Truth social oh, and twitter oh he. Listen, he's Donald Trump. As much as I love him, as much as he, he's also Donald Trump. Like, let's just, it's Donald Trump. He's not, not going to make a return. I would, maybe if I could, from my crystal ball, my armchair. Yeah. I would say he's not saying he would because he probably doesn't want to say yes and then not be able to. I bet he's waiting till Elon owns it and the the keys are in his hands. And he could be. I think he will. We shall see. And I think he also because he'll, he'll, it's Trump. He'll want to do it unannounced, and it's gonna. There's, he's gonna just open up with some just like horrifically offensive tweet, and it's gonna be amazing. <laughs> it's gonna be the funniest thing okay. I've ever seen. It could um, be. Could yeah. be. It will. Yeah. It will be. I don't know. It's gonna be. It's gonna be an interesting year. Um, mm, for sure. But Claire, let's wrap this one up. Any uh, closing thoughts? No, just uh, I guess thank you uh, for having me on again. Glad to be back with you after a bit of a hiatus for travel and um we uh, will be watching and looking forward to uh, the next episode absolutely thank you so much and uh 
again for everybody listening go follow uh, claire on twitter go read her article she puts out articles every week and uh we will resume i believe on thursday as our regularly scheduled programming miss claire lopez thank you so much thanks tommy all right claire take care god